Welcome to the Snapshot Testimony Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Domersant. I'm a former journalist and current Christian radio host in Chicago. I'm passionate about communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ through storytelling. In this podcast, I always ask my guests to share a pivotal moment that helped shape their faith in Christ. If you enjoy the stories you hear, could you take a moment to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform? This week's guest is Evan Kraft. As a self-described white guy from California, his rise to become one of the most successful artists in Latin music may be surprising to some, but maybe not when you hear the heart behind his love for and commitment to the Latino community. In this episode, he shares honestly how God helped him confront his own bias and ambition and why he had to be humbled to be useful. The thing that really radically shifted my my music and my direction as a believer, because I, I've my parents were pastors. I, I remember at a young age loving Jesus and wanting to serve Jesus. Um, but I remember like there was I wanted to be a pop artist, and mm. I heard the song by Jimmy Needham called Being Small. And the bridge says, if I'm destined for the small stage, the small crowds and the small pay, then even in the small ways, I'll bring you fame. And I remember I was, I was leading worship in our youth group. It was just this like warehouse room was so loud. We had to set everything up. It was just, and like, we weren't allowed to rehearse where the, on the main sanctuary or anything. Like it was, nothing was ever set up. So we just, it was always on the fly. And, um, you know, and I, I remember hearing that and, and saying, Hey God, if this is what you have for me, I want it to be enough. Mm. And then going forward, I, you know, I went and studied in Spain. Um, I loved Spanish and took a trip down to Mexico. And I thought I am the next Billy Graham to Latin America. This is it. Get ready. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I, I, I thought I literally thought that like this, God is, God has opened up the path for me. And I get there and I'm like, wait, I don't really speak Spanish very well. Um, I didn't think this through. And so were you ready to put music aside then? Yes, I had put music aside. I was like, hey, you know what? Music didn't work. I tried. Um, you know, like I because I, I, in between that moment with the Jimmy Needham song and this, I signed a record deal. My album didn't do anything. And I go, OK, it's not going to work. I'm going to go down to Mexico and at least I'll be, I'll be a missionary as I love that. That's awesome. Okay. And these missionaries took me down to a tent meeting that they had six days a week. And it was a, a female pastor. She, she was a fiery preacher. And they were like, Hey, um, you said you want to be like an evangelist and like an artist, you know, that this is what you do. So go lead worship. I'm like, I only know like fire fall down from Hillsong uh, and like the song Montaña. And like, I wrote one that I like barely, you know, I took like Bible verses and stitched it together. And, you know, I mean, but, but I did go down there with this thought of like, I'm going to, this is going to work. Yeah. And I, and, and so I get up on stage. I mean, it's, it's a like, you know, tent construction lights, dirt floor, it's raining outside, it's getting muddy, nothing works, there's feedback, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like 21, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready to take on the world. Yeah. And, and you up uh, at 21, you think you know everything. And then you wait a couple years and go, I went and I knew nothing. Yes. And so I start singing. And I could hear like, 
the it was like 60 old ladies and like 20 younger people and like 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 18 year olds so it's kind of a weird demographic but i could hear them singing and it was like out of tune like didn't sound good but there was this like angelic like holy spirit moment Uh that like like the weight was like crushing and i like i knew i knew that i stepped into something holy at this moment and i like i i don't think god like audibly spoke to me but my heart understood at this moment like nothing is going to happen here nothing unless you learn to love my people Mm. this is not about you this is not about like you being a billy graham evangelist whatever like this is an opportunity for you to understand my intense fiery limitless love for the people i've made in my image And so that radically shifted the way I like, I mean, I, I went down thinking I'm going to bless these Mexican people, show them how to worship. And it was just like, everything, everything was backwards. Yeah. And I, and I like, like I think about it and I almost cry. I mean, I've cried so many times about this because it was, Mm -hmm. it was like a slap in the face. (laughs) What do you think caused you to feel that way? Cause I think that's a common, you know, people get eager to go out and, do a missions trip or what do you think it was that caused you to have that sort of sense of, okay, I'm going to do this. This is about me. Not that you would have said it, but what, what do you think caused it? I think it was that like, I was celebrated at my church as, Oh, you're really talented and you're gifted. And like, you know, okay, well then the world should know how gifted I am. <laughs> and, and that, you know, there's, there is a worldly power dynamic between like the U S and other countries. Sure. And so, you know, it's like, we're we're the, we're the big dog. We're the, like, you know, in my mind, we got it together. Yeah. And, and so that was, that was the thing that was like, this is, this is, doesn't matter to God. It doesn't matter if you were born in Thousand Oaks or if you were born in Tijuana. It doesn't matter if you were born in Chicago or you were born in Buenos Aires. Mm -hmm. Like there are benefits and there's things that you can do. And I think God has a purpose with it, but, but it doesn't add like that doesn't define who you are. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't like give you intrinsic value. You're like, God is saying, Hey, the value of everyone here in Tijuana and from in California and other places comes from me, not from your nationality, not from, you know, whatever else it, I was conflicted because, you know, I, I would see people like treat Latinos poorly where I grew up. And I was like, okay, that is not like from a Christian perspective to love your neighbor as yourself. This is like the exact opposite. So I could, I could identify that. Okay. But as this was, is racism. I mean, was it would. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was? I, was, I was racism. I think I think it was, um, you know, it was it was bias. It was I mean, a lot of different things. Yeah, it was like like superiority complex, and sure. um, so you knew so that knew, okay, that's wrong. I knew that that was wrong. Yes, okay, immediately when I was you know I was twelve years old, fifteen years old. Yeah. I was like, okay, as a Christian, that's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But I think in like subconsciously. 
I mean, and you're honest enough to admit it. Some of that was in you, like some for of sure. the for sure. California vibe, some of the American sort of nationalistic sort of vibe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and all, whatever it was in that moment, I felt God strongly and swiftly say, Hey, that's not it. Mm, yeah. Like, like you, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a white guy from California, blah, blah, blah. But there is the same value that I have. Everyone else has in God's eyes. And that was a huge thing that, you know, I mean, it sounds so simplistic, but it's like, if you don't get this, like, this is why there's so many issues in the, in, in the U S right now is because there is an argument over people understanding this. Yeah. And you know, me loving my neighbor as myself, like to, to me, the reason I learned Spanish when I, when I, this happened was like, how can I say that I love my Latino neighbor? I've lived in California, Southern California, Texas, Florida, at least 37% Latino. Mm-hmm. So one in three people I see every single day are Latino. And how can I say I love my neighbor as myself if I don't speak their language, if I don't understand their culture, if I like, if I say that I love people with the love of Jesus and I don't care enough to share, like, I mean, you think of Paul, the apostle, like to the Jew, I became a Jew, to the Greek, I became a Greek, to the Roman, I became a Roman. Like I, I was like, God has placed me in a position with a lot of Latinos around me. And I understood even at a, at a, like when I was 15, like, hey, I should learn this language. Mm-hmm. And as I grew up and as I had those experiences, it was like, wow, I, I have this opportunity to really dive into this community and be one of them. And so I've had my, ch- like, I go to a Spanish speaking church here in, in Houston, and they consider me as one of them. Mm. And, and I love, and I love it. And I pride myself in that because, you know, I've, I've dove into Mexican court. My wife was a missionary in Mexico. She lived there for four years. It's helped me start to understand like stereotypes exist to help us understand and categorize the world, Mm -hmm. right? Whether they're right or wrong. That's why they, that's why they exist in, in, in sociology. And, you know, so for us to be able to like break that and say, Hey, you know what? Like, like most people, they tend to go towards people that look like them, talk like them, mm-hmm. think like them, but to say, Hey, there is a value across the board. And that value doesn't come from what I do or how I talk or even how I think, but from, from Jesus. And there is still value in who I am how I think and and what I do. And I see it through a different filter. That has been a huge, I mean, the only thing I could say is that's, that's God. Yeah. So when you were on that stage and you had sort of this revelation, you, you finished whatever worship set or you were, you were attempting to lead. And then how did, how did God direct you from there? But I ended up getting a degree in Spanish. I bought the Chronicles of Narnia, read all those. I I was listening to music full in Spanish, talk radio, movies, TV shows, telenovelas, and I was starting to go down to Mexico frequently. I was I I took a chance and just bought a ticket to Colombia 
message some pastors. Can I sleep on your couch? What can I like? I'll clean your toilets, whatever I got to do. And, and so I think it was, you know, that posture as well that the pastors really responded to of like, okay, Hey, there's this, we don't know this guy. He's never done anything, but he says he'll do whatever. Yeah. And you know, they never made me clean toilets, but they let me sing and, and, and really supported, um, you know, I mean, they told me, Hey, you should translate 10,000 reasons. And that was my first big video on YouTube. And then I, I, I started to find out there were a lot of little churches around Latin America that didn't have, you know, tracks and like big lights and whatever. And I was like, I, I can't, I'm not Hillsong. I'm not Elevation. I'm not this big production, but I can give you an acoustic version of a song. Mm-hmm. And, and most churches have a guitar and they have a, a keyboard. So that's what I did. And I, I ended up being able to resource a church with, with versions of songs that they were able to access like with the majority of churches not being mega churches. Yeah. And that was kind of how it started. And, and so I took a, I graduated college and I just said, God, if this is, if this is you, you got to provide. Like, I can't tell my parents, I'm just going to go like play music <laughs> around the world and be broke. <laughs> and, That's you know, fair. so I went to, I bought a ticket for me and a friend who played guitar. We're going to go to Colombia, Argentina, Chile. And we booked 24 concerts in 32 days. And as soon as we got back, we had more invitations and we went and yeah. then we went, then we went. And it, it just kind of snowballed into this thing that was bigger than I could have imagined. And I, and I felt this, I mean, you know, all of this stems from this like constant give and take from God, right? Sure. Or this, this relationship that like, I felt this re- massive like responsibility that I had the ear of this generation in Latin America, which was wild. Like, how did I go from like, I'm going to be whatever to now I actually have it. And, and I realize I don't have that much to say. Yeah. It has to come from God. And so I start. I went back to, um, to college or to university, I got a master's degree in ministerial leadership. And that really affected my songwriting. And I was writing with other people that I highly respect um, as as theologians. And so I was, I was like, there, I need to have something of substance to say to people, yeah. and not just be an, an entertainer. I was touring and I was like, hey, you know, I was like, God, I, I really feel like I'm not really doing anything. I'm just traveling around and I'm entertaining people. And mm-hmm. I was in Argentina and we, we flew up to Paraguay for an event. And I remember just, I was just so discouraged. Like, you know, I don't want to just, I, I don't see droves of people coming to Christ in my concerts. Like they come, they sing, they leave. Like what, I don't know what's happening in their hearts. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And I remember I, I got to this church in, in Paraguay and the pastor's like, Hey, I want you to meet this family. They come up to me and they're like, Oh my gosh, we love, we love your cover of uh, R- glorious ruins from Hillsong. And like, that was another thing. It was like, I did a lot of cover songs. So it was like my identity as an artist, like, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm only good for translating or this or that. Okay. Right. Like, yeah. and you know, that really affected me as well. And they say, Hey, our son, um, has cancer and, uh, they're telling me this in Spanish. And he heard that you were at summer camp, that you were coming to this, this concert. 
um, to do this. And he was so excited because he loves that song because it, it gave, it gives him hope that he'll have a new body in heaven. Wow. His body is, is like it, sorry. It like, that's okay. It's crazy to, to think about this as like, you know, a 12 year old singing this and, um, they drove like three hours and to come to the concert and they, and they, and I say, Hey, can I, well, can I meet your son? And they're like, yeah, he, he passed away two weeks ago. Mm. And so we brought like 60 people from our town and can you just please sing the song tonight? And it wasn't on our list, but I was like, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that, that encounter, you know, was something that I felt like was a gift from God to say, Hey, you, you might think that you need to do everything. You might think that like what you're doing is, is insignificant and, and, you know, everything that had gone through my head for God to say, Hey, I'm using this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, there's been tons of, of moments in my career that I could name off and be like, I just don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know if anybody's ever heard a song. I don't know if anyone cares. I don't know. Like, am I, am, did I peak? Mm-hmm. Is the best behind me? And that was a moment where I, I really felt like God say, Hey, it, you don't have to do it. Like I, I'm doing something bigger than what you, what you think you're doing. Yeah. It's almost like a reminder, you know, like of what he showed you back that first time when you were leading worship, it's, you know, for kind of like a humbling, you know, like a, a like it's humbling when you are reminded that it's not like apart from him, we can do nothing, you know? And it's easy to kind of lose sight of that. And then he reminds you again, like, this is, this is my work, you know? Yeah. And, and God is doing so much more than what we, we think. And I mean, that's what, that's what even like, you know, when there were so many times we just didn't get paid or something went wrong or blah, 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 blah. blah. And it was, it, you can get caught up in these details. Right. But God has always provided. Yeah. He is always good. And we've been able to do so many amazing things as, you know, I've my team and they've changed and we've grown and, and everything. But to to look back and say, Wow, God God really moved in in our lives. Snapshot Testimony is a Moody Radio podcast. If you'd like to connect, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, and now YouTube. Just search Snapshot Testimony. I'm your host, Ali Domerson, and together we're sharing the moments that shape a life of faith in Christ. Thanks for listening.